but then it was also kind of the closing of the session of the school committee for the term for that two years. It was uh, in a, 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 the, the quickest long two years that I've <laughs> had been, a, been a part of. WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9 here in studio for another chalkboard chat with school committee member Dave Callahan. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we're uh, here. This is our last uh, chalkboard chat to kind of cover the last uh, you know meeting that we had for the term. Yep. And, uh, and thanks as always for this opportunity. Uh, you're welcome. We've got to keep people informed because I participated remotely that night and there's I missed a couple of other meetings, And but there's things that people need to know. So that's why we're doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it was like the, the last uh, meeting that we had, but uh, there's still a, a lot of work uh, that, that, we, that we were doing and a lot of work too that's going to be setting up for the next term. And for, uh, you know, that group of seven for the next two years of the work mm -hmm. that they'll be doing. Yeah, coming out of the election, then you'll reorganize and get a new team, well, a new structure for the team. The team, to a certain extent, has some changes, but, yeah, it, the work is still there. It still needs to be done, and that's going to go forward. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're, you know, trying the, the best we can, hopefully, you know, because we got that first official meeting will be on November 14th uh, to, to do the reorganization and uh, try to get, you know, all the, the, the pieces, uh, you know, in the right spot, all the different committee assignments. Subcommittees, yeah. Because yep. there's, I'm, you know, for, I was, I had the opportunity to be the chair of the policy subcommittee. Correct. And our first meeting wasn't until after the new year. Right. You know, so we were elected in, you know, early November, but it was like, like January, like second, third week in January mm -hmm. before we had that first meeting. And sure. it was a lot of work to be done. And so we're hopefully be able to kind of just, you know, hit the ground running and so that way, you know, maybe before January comes around, start a lot of the work from that subcommittee. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think for the people who may not be aware, I think from the policy committee or subcommittee perspective, clearly there's the policy book, which is, I've never actually seen it printed, but in my imagination, it's probably rather large. <laughs> <laughs> and effectively, you're going through kind of section by section, doing at least a cursory review. Do we need to touch this? Is this okay? But then periodically there'll be an update from DESI or Mass General Law that will force a review of a particular section. So then you kind of alter your process to cover that depending upon criticality and then go back to the process. And yeah, that's exactly, you know, how it, how it had started. And then at the same time, too, there's just, you know, issues that kind of pop up, mm -hmm. you know, in Franklin. And that was where, you know, I remember we... Like in January, I think we were starting, you know, the policy, it goes A, B, C, D, and, right. and we started at, at E, and that was the last one to be reviewed, but then there were a lot of issues as it related to bullying, sure. and so as yeah. the chair I had the opportunity to set the agenda, and so we did, and then all of a sudden, you know, six months later, we, you know, finished up bullying, discrimination, harassment, and then tried to get back to, to those E's to, to kind of <laughs> go through, uh, and that was one thing, actually, that this uh, past couple of months at the policy we tried to set like a roadmap, and so we kind of have a, a pretty good idea about right. where the committee can kind of go through the end of the school year of yep. this year, and uh, where and a lot of the, the policies that maybe haven't been touched at or looked at for a number of years, just to clean them up, bring them up to speed, mm -hmm. uh, but also give that subcommittee a lot of uh, a lot of like a flexibility. Right. So that way, all right, here's here's the roadmap. Here's what we're hoping to be able to kind of hit by the end of May. 
but plenty of room in case those issues do arise because that's, you know. You just have to meet the need. Exactly, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, and, and I've, I know we mentioned before for those listening, anytime that you have, you know, any kind of questions or suggestions, feel free to, to reach out to any of the new members on uh, the school committee and, uh, you know, we're happy to kind of take those suggestions. And a lot of times it's through the policy, uh, you know, the, the, the power of the pen that a lot of uh, mm -hmm. change happens, <clears throat> I, I always believe. Yeah, that makes sense. So back to the meeting. Yes. <laughs> One of the key items, if I recall correctly, was the superintendent's goals, which it's interesting. You did the district improvement plan, then you do the superintendent's goals, but they are integrated in many ways. They absolutely are, you know, because the, there's no way that, you know, uh, Lucas, you know, Superintendent Jagir, if, you know, he's not as a district, you know, kind of leading to, to meet those district improvement plans, then as, you know, the superintendent, he's not, mm -hmm. you know, meeting his goals as well. But so... Um, yeah, you see uh, there's a, so much similarity kind of between the two, and as, as there should be. Right. And there was a, a, a different approach uh, where when you look at the goals from, say, like, like this term to last, it was, um, it was fewer goals that he's, if, you know, just numerically that he's looking to hit. Mm -hmm. However, each one of those goals is very broad. It's, yeah. And so uh, he's, he, I would say, probably has more work cut out for himself to meet yeah. all of these goals than he did last year, uh, but uh, but it, it's a more it's a very thoughtful approach about us doing it. Yeah, because to a certain extent, from having done other reviews for other kind of corporate world environments, there's a certain amount of things that are going to have to happen anyway. So you always got kind of budget, you always got personnel management, right? You've got some set topics, and then within that, clearly the district improvement plan. Oh, by the way, touches on whether it's personnel or programs or budgets. So yeah, they are integrated, but there are some of the things are steady state, and yeah, they can be broad. Absolutely, yeah, and that's and I love too with the way that he developed, especially like the budget. Really talked about like talked about it in terms of like an investment, mm -hmm. and I saw that. You know, I've mentioned a couple of meetings about like that return on investment, like the, mm -hmm. the ROI for some of these things, and. Right. You really kind of see that where a lot of, you know, it, it, within the goal, he's stating, you know, he wants to be able to, to both divert money to, you know, uh, certain investments in ways that would be able to kind of, you know, just improve the district as a whole. But then also just kind of like that, that notion of looking at all these different programs as investments. It's not just yet another expense on a budget line. Mm -hmm. It's an investment. It was just kind of, you know, the way that it was laid out, it, to me, it, signified kind of like a, a change in philosophy that right. I think is, is fantastic yeah. moving forward. And one thing too, actually, he always has like that superintendent's report. Yes. And I know it's been a, um, you know, a talking point at school committee meetings and town council as well, but uh, he, you know, would always address like the migrant. The migrant housing. Update. Housing. And yes. so, uh, and within that, just for the community as well, um, you know, from the October 24th meeting, uh, that we, our last one we just had, um, at that time, uh, there were 53 school-aged children uh, that are currently being housed and that we're uh, providing an education for. Mm -hmm. And so I know there's a lot of different numbers out there. Um, the timing of it between your meetings, respectfully, and then the town council meetings when Jamie does his, I mean, one's one week, one's the next week. So the numbers are going to change because, oh, by the way, it's a dynamic situation. <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. <laughs> and... Uh, you know how dynamic it is. Just so much credit to everybody uh, involved who's who's working on those those situations mm -hmm. within the you know within the town hall, but also all the the you know 
we have a, some amazing nonprofit organizations Correct. that are kind yeah. of coming through. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just for you know, for for those listening at home, you know, that's kind of where we were at as of the October twenty fourth, mm-hmm. and uh, with the, also in terms of the funding that it's still kind of set at around one hundred four dollars per day per child. It's a state average comes Correct. out to be a, approximately, which is again that one opportunity where it you know it kind of is in our benefit, uh, maybe just at least not in our detriment, that Franklin is, in terms of the per-pupil expenditure, well well below the state average. So um, we're getting a little bit more. We will use, quote, the, and I'm using air quotes, extra. It's not really extra money. We will use the money. (laughs) Yes, every every dollar will be spent. There's plenty of opportunities to to use this, Mm -hmm. you know, for for all of the Franklin students. But um, I always, you know, a little opportunity to kind of just reinforce that idea that when it comes to that per-pupil expenditure, uh, you know, 80% of districts invest more in, in their students than, than Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, get off my soapbox. Now. That's okay. I think we'll take the other moment to plug as well that given the dynamics, uh, certainly I don't think it was mentioned on the school committee side, but the Board of Health does have a dashboard slash portal with updates for the Franklin location which references the state portal. So the state, and I forget the department name of, it's, it's the recombination of the name that now former Dean Chancellor Ed Augustus is leading at the state level. His organization has a portal that has all of the migrant status for the entire state. And then Franklin has taken out our instance and has a portal on the town page, Board of Health. You can go there, click on the link, and see weekly updates in terms of what the status are, status numbers are. So yes, while we acknowledge that between school committee and town council, occasionally, like the 14th and 15th, they'll be back to back, so you'll be both relatively with the same set of numbers. But in other cases, you've been a week apart, so the numbers are going to change. You can always refer to the portal because that, at least from a weekend perspective, and I think the state similar to maybe you recall fondly or not so fondly the COVID numbers were always by a a point of time the prior week and then they published by the end of the week and the state's doing the same process here. That's great to know. Thanks for that that plug because it's uh, it's, it's an ever-changing situation. And it's going to be here for a bit. But yeah, between the Franklin Interfaith Council, the Franklin Area Nonprofit Network unofficially coordinating between Hockamock Y, uh, Safe Coalition, Food Pantry, Neighbor Brigade, Fish. There's others in there that I may not have named, but they've just come together so well. It's just, it's heartening. It really is. It's, uh, it's wonderful and uh, my immense gratitude for everybody involved. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We knew Franklin would respond. We just needed to be asked. And while we haven't, we have and we haven't. <laughs> There's some delays in what they're asking. We're just doing what we need to do. And that's exactly it, you know, and I think that, uh, I'll, you know, I know uh, Jamie Heller made it very clear and, and, you know, very transparent. Like, there was no, you know, situation in which all the town administrators were in a room and, mm-hmm. and they just asked for a show of hands. It was just a situation where the state said, here you go, here's, you know, this this problem that we have that, you know, mm-hmm. is, is now kind of being inherited. But, uh, frankly, it really is, is stepping it up and just doing a tremendous job to, to do the best that we can for, for everybody, for the entire community. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we also had our, at our meeting the, the MASC, uh, it's like the, the Massachusetts Association of School Committees, Correct. Uh, the, some resolutions that they'll be voting on 
be the week this week right now. Actually, I was going to say which it was is the first week of November, so it wasn't <laughs> this week coming actually. <laughs> and so uh, likely have you know might already be done by the time this kind of goes to to air. But uh, yeah, where all the, the school committees will kind of vote on legislation, that kind of goes then as as mm -hmm. a um, bigger entity will kind of be voted upon mm -hmm. uh, to then be presented over to the state house. Right. In other lang layman's terms, if you will, so MASC as a legis not a legislative body, as a lobbying body on behalf of school committees, those resolutions effectively direct the priorities as to which they should lobby for, as I understand it. Yes, correct. And so uh, there was a number, there was seven resolutions total <coughs> that mm -hmm. we were voting on. And um, there wound up, I was the, the lone dissenter. To, I think six out, out of the seven, uh, where at least as, as I kind of saw it, uh, a, a lot of them, while fantastic and aspirational, yeah. if fully adopted all the way through uh, and approved by you know by Beacon Hill, would likely kind of be passed down as like those unfunded mandates. Yeah, and I know uh, our other local delegation has said you know. Uh, to the extent funded, or there's some phrasing that they've made a deliberate attempt to put in so that they do avoid the unfunded mandates. But yeah, unless that language is in there, potentially it could come back in, it is unfunded, un unless there is funding for it. So, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and I certainly, I know, um, you know, my colleague, uh, Al Charles, you know, had said, you know, that while, you know, he agreed, you know, to an extent, there's definitely, you know, like times in which you do just want to just be aspirational. Sure. And, you know, kind of regardless of, of exactly how the funding kind of comes through, it's just the, the point in and of itself that should be promoted. And so uh, so there was a, a number of them that wound up, yeah, I think being, being six to one. And it was just kind of along those um, those disagreements, uh, mm -hmm. just about whether or not, you know, would it actually kind of come back and be that funding issue. Ultimately, you know, the vast majority, uh, you know, mm -hmm. were in favor of it. And so now uh, Franklin as a whole is kind of voting Towards for those, for those uh, to that lobbying body. Right. Yep. And we'll see what MSC does, and then eventually we'll hear from our legislative delegation as to what they're doing with it. And hopefully, you know, there was, there was some fantastic ones. Hopefully, you know, they'll go, they'll be approved, and they'll say, and by the way, here's the money to help support every single one of those initiatives. Yeah. 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 Well, that takes time. Yeah. And, uh, but in, in terms of you know in taking time too, we just started right towards the tail end of this term, uh, the the comprehensive school uh, facilities. facilities planning, right? And where, you know, this was kind of born out of the, the space needs, and then later the redistricting, mm -hmm. just to to button down and say, all right, let's take a, a solid look at all the facilities, you know, the, the nuts and bolts, uh, the, the electrical wiring and the plumbing and the, mm -hmm. the safety and the playgrounds of every single building that we have. Uh, take a look at our, our demographics and our population mm -hmm. today and in the future. Right. And also, let's take a look at this, the terms educational visioning. But, you know, what does it take to, to educate a child today and, you know, 10 years from now as mm -hmm. well? And uh, we, ha we actually want to have a ton of great work in just the past couple of weeks in that regard where, uh, you know, we're, we're starting the, the process to kind of solicit for some consulting firms to kind of go in and to do all of, you know, mm -hmm. to do all the findings. Um, it, you know, something that's just, un, you know, there's no bandwidth uh, to be able to be done, nor also the expertise. You know, there's, 
respectfully, I mean, that's a unique task. And to at least the two prior committees that you mentioned, work was done in those that, to the extent that you know, maybe you left off this piece here and left off this piece there, they can revisit and update as required. And then the one other piece on the demographics, I think they were using the 2010 census, and now the 2020 census data is out. So you can incorporate those, and I think there was some discussions around that specifically. There was, yeah. Well, we, the the consulting firm that we had, McKibben, uh, um, mm -hmm. utilized like the, the 2010. We wound up kind of going back to him, and so he was able to kind of just just you know kind of give a quick little brush up at a, a discounted rate, which mm -hmm. was fantastic. So the Definitely. bulk of the work was already mm -hmm. there, right? Uh, and uh, some of the assessments and the the studies that were done, because I know one of the ones that came out leading up to Davis there. Um, that Castle Booze, that's Correct. often kind of talked about. Unfortunately, just due to due to COVID, uh, so much of their process was, was kind of stymied. Mm -hmm. I know one of the ones was that uh, they didn't have the ability to go into the buildings to actually Correct. look at them. Right. And so there was a number of them, we talked about this on the show before, but where they would look at four classrooms and say, all right, each classroom can hold 25 kids, 100 kids in this area. It's like, not quite, you know, mm -hmm. not based on how we're utilizing the space, uh, especially, you know, a lot of our the special education programs uh, that, again, are tremendous savings uh, to the district, but might only allow for, you know, five, six kids in a room compared Depending to what the nature of the program is. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, the firms uh, that we're kind of reaching out for uh, will be doing walkthroughs. They'll be looking at, at you know, the, the roofs, so, you know, what needs to be repaired. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the, the hope is that within the first couple of meetings of the new term, we might be able to go um, and actually offer a contract to some of these uh, firms. And then, you know, by late, you know, January, maybe February, actually kind of have uh, some, you know, a, a deliverable. Hmm. Where we'll be able to say, all right, here's, you know, when we're looking at the facilities, here's everything that, that needs repaired. Here's some of the costs that are involved right, with those right. repairs. Here's their priorities. To really kind of get a, a, a really solid number about, all right, you know, Franklin, moving forward, if we're looking to, to kind of be this aspirational in, in the way that we educate our, our children, here's how much that's actually going to cost. Mm -hmm. you know, real dollars, you know, let's, let's put it down to kind of start to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. And the special ed needs and the special ed spaces are critical because, to your point, and I know it's been mentioned here and, and others, and hopefully has been very clear that and I think roughly it's twice the expense of sending a student out of district for a special ed training. And in some cases that we can't deliver, it's justifiable because by law we have to deliver it. But if we can save that half and deliver it locally, we get to gain on that leverage piece by saving the half and then keeping the kids local in their environment, which is part of the overall process anyway. That's exactly it, is that, you know, there's, by having so many of these, these programs in-house, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous cost-saving measure. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you have, you know, the students and the families that get to stay in Franklin together, because it, it's not just the student, it's, you know, the, they the have siblings, and they structure. have family, yeah. and they have, and to be able to kind of continue to have everyone within Franklin. I remember when we were doing the tours, uh, we get, the school committee gets to go and visit sure. all the schools, yeah. and at one point, I think this is over at, at Keller and Annie Sullivan, 
I had started asking about some of the programs that they have because mm -hmm. what they, they ended up doing was the program that they have at the elementary level is the same program that they have at the middle school level so the kids right. can kind of move forward. Sure. And I had asked, like, well, what, what would happen if we would kind of go into to, to move it around to shake it up? Mm -hmm. And what they uh, immediately, they went out, we just happened to be kind of be passing by that playground, and they said, well, this playground was specifically purchased and, and, and constructed with these children also in mind. Sure. So that way, you know, for, you know, to, to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. And so from, mm -hmm. from K all the way through eighth grade, right. that the children get to go and, and play at the same playground. Sure. And it Accessible. might be small, yeah. but it's got to be incredible for the kids mm -hmm. and for their families to be able right. to have that opportunity. So again, I mean, there's, there's a lot of money that we're saving, but there's that, that qualitative aspect too, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. More to come on that. And we'll stay close to that because that clearly will have you know, some significant budget impacts, if not long-term planning impacts anyway. Exactly, and, and I think that that's part of the hope is that, I, I know it's part of the hope that when, uh, as we're, we're working on this and we kind of, you know, the proposals themselves that we're sending out to the firms are looking for a 10-year capital uh, plan. Mm -hmm. And so that way we can go back to the joint budget because, you know, this is, you know, the committee that's composed of uh, town council, FinCom, and school committee members. Right to actually say, you know, again, all right, here's here's the school's numbers. Because that's always kind of been, you know, Jamie Helen's mm -hmm. always been saying, sure. if, you know, anybody in the, you know, is, is interested in doing, a, you know, prop two and a half override, it's starting with the schools presenting, here's how much, you know, here's our number, here's yep. where we're at, and then everybody else starting to kind of come in after that. Right. And I think that, you know, through the work that we're doing in the, the comprehensive facilities um, assessment, we'll really kind of shine through to say, all right, we got our number. Here's that number that we need that we can present to the community, so that the community can can take a look at it and, and mm -hmm. you know uh, start to kind of have those conversations, those discussions. So, um, school committee uh, facilities analysis, um, but then it was also kind of the closing of the session of the school committee for the term for that two years. It was uh, in a. a, a, a the, the quickest long two years that I've had <laughs> been a, been a part of since my kids were uh, were babies, but um, yeah, it was uh, you know the uh, the end of, of my first term, but uh, you know we had um, you know the the chair uh, Denise Spencer having concluded two terms you know, four years mm -hmm. uh, and um, Elise Stokes a vice chair as well in in two years in in the middle of COVID too right. I, I think Tough you know years. like never can kind of be understated both of them. Uh, came in, you know, November of, of 2019, when mm -hmm. the world was an entirely different place, yes. um, and, and stuck it through and did some incredible, incredible work. Uh, and then uh, the, my uh, the, uh, colleagues that I also ran with, um, you know, my first term, Camille Bernstein and Megan Whitmore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this will they'll also be. Uh, they, we got to have our little moment to, mm -hmm. to say goodbye to uh, to those four, yep. and uh, just they've made an. an um, double mark on uh, on Franklin just incredible work during the time that they've they've already kind of put forward and and I I know all those uh, ladies mm -hmm. as well I know they're not going to stop continuing to, to work and to, to help uh, with <laughs> they'll do something in a different forum but they'll do something but uh, it was it was a wonderful opportunity to, mm -hmm. to kind of close that uh, that chapter and say goodbye to uh, yeah. to those four on the, yep. the, the board yeah it was uh, anybody who steps up I certainly thoroughly appreciate because um, I know it takes an awful lot of time to do it right because I do a lot of it myself on doing what I do. So it's like, oh, yes, there's a lot of time there. And, yeah, it's a family piece. And just as we were talking to 
that entire structure. It's not. It's, it's the village that's supporting you to do what you do, and each of the others to do what they do. So, thank you for stepping up and continuing. So you, you're going for more of either the pain or the gain. <laughs> God, More yeah, of the, the fun. <laughs> that coin is still flipping in the air, waiting for it to see how it falls. But um, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, and it's a lot too. I was glad um, you know during Citizens comments kind of brought up um, talking about all the the behind the scenes. You know, because mm -hmm. there's a lot. What's you know what uh, you well know. You know what's in the meeting on camera. Um, you know, is only a fraction. It's like the, the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. You know, it was over. You know, the weekend. Uh, you know, while. Um, uh, the kiddos were catching up with Dancing with the Stars. Uh, you know, I was at my laptop kind of working on a lot of these comprehensive facility proposals mm -hmm. and taking sure. a look at it. And yeah. so there's there's a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes work, and I know that I, I can only imagine how much went into um, the work uh, that was done, especially during those those COVID years. Right. Um, things and so, were just that much more difficult and yet still needed to get done. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, just a tremendous uh, thank you uh, to those four. And, and a thank you to the, the you know, the four that, that are running that kind of pull papers. Willing um, to step up. Yeah. Try the dance and see. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> hopefully they'll do something that'll help the school district, help the community. They're all they're all seeming to do so. So, yeah, kudos for them to stepping up. Absolutely. And, you know, and too, for any listeners, you know, two years is, is also going to fly right by yet right. again. And we'll kind of be back yeah. in the same uh, place. And I'm sure, you know, uh, again, be looking for. Uh, other volunteers to kind of go and, and to step up. And if you have any questions along the way, um, any one of us are, are happy to, to any, answer questions about what it takes to, to be a school committee member here in Franklin. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, by all means. And certainly with my insights, I'd share my two cents to anybody who wants to know, where do I start? What do I do? Well, there are over 200 volunteer positions across all the boards and meeting committees and commissions and advisories or whatever, they're all volunteer. Nobody gets paid. There's something in somebody's specialty area. So you can find something for some reason, potentially even within one of your passion spots, and try out something. And I think even uh, one of the planning board candidates was coming off ZBA. So they're making a move. Clearly, they're related because they're still in the planning arena, but they're making a shift in those in that kind of a position. There's nothing wrong with that. People can do that, and I think it builds uh, certainly more knowledge. You get more in depth. Clearly, is you get more in depth in terms of the policy, the budget, the school side. But if you took even in the health department side, or you know, recreation advisory, I, there's so many things that are going on that that address the community overall and it's just you can take a slice of it and try it and if you like it continue <laughs> or, or if you don't switch to another one and see what happens uh, the opportunities are there absolutely the opportunities in, in the work you know is, is there and so uh, mm -hmm. any yeah any one of those uh, you know I know um, certainly need you know any extra help yeah. and I think with uh, to a quick little um, plug is that if you are interested in any especially in some of those positions kind of reach directly out to uh, the town administrator's office? There's also a form on the town page. On the front page for franklinma.gov, there's a volunteer tab, for, and I believe it's in the middle column just below where it has kind of the calendar and the budget icons. Then there's three columns, and I believe it's in the middle. It has volunteers. It gives you a current list of 
who's in which board, which is always helpful, as opposed to going to find out the board page and find out who's on. You can go one place. It also shows you the vacancies for that particular board. And it has an application, so right in the one place, if somebody's vacant for this board, you can get an application. Or, yes, call the town administrator's office. Julie there will walk you through the process of making an application. You could also send an email. So there's many ways, including the old-fashioned walking up and the doors open and say, hey, I want to volunteer. And they'll say, welcome, come on in. <laughs> no, and that's, and it, uh, you know, before I moved to Franklin, I, uh, I did exactly that in my t uh, town where they had a vacancy for the traffic commission. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I was in grad school for uh, getting my master's in public administration. I was like, you know, I want to put some of this stuff into, mm -hmm. you know, into to practice. And so I went, signed up for the, for the traffic uh, committee. Within a year, you know, people just move around, and I wound up being, I was chairing the, the traffic committee. Sure. And it's, it was not necessarily something that, you know, sparked my interest at the time. It was just, it was there. I wanted to give it a go. But all of a sudden, you're in these meetings, and you're, you know, you're learning so much more. You're finding out the costs of just installing a traffic light, um, and uh, able to to make uh, make change. There's still it's at the the top of um, uh, the street that there was this uh, no turn on red sign that everybody uh, in town despised. And uh, before I left, we were able to get that sign removed. Ah, good. <laughs> and uh, every I'm, uh, every now and again, I'm back in the uh, in that town, and I go, I see red, and I was like, no. <laughs> stop and then I'm going to keep going so but there there's so many great uh committees and opportunities like that that yeah mm -hmm. just yeah, going tossing your name out there and seeing what uh, excites you after that right. Right. definitely well thank you for taking time to have this chalkboard chat uh we look forward to continuing this in the new term absolutely thank you as always and um yeah I know that the election I think will have already passed at that point but hopefully everybody uh you know exercises their the democratic uh, rights to, to go and vote. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. And of course, quick reminders to the folks listening, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.